thought of a band releasing five albums in a two-year window is just as insane now as it was back in the late 1960s and early 1970s when creative output from artists was at an all-time high. Cosmos Factory, the fifth album, and what would be their fourth album in less than two years saw Creedence Clearwater Revival at their absolute commercial peak. Considered one of the greatest albums of all time, Cosmos Factory enters 94.3 The Drive's Rock of Fame on its 50th anniversary. Now, despite being from San Francisco, you could have sworn they came straight out of the swamps of the Louisiana Bayou. Their lyrics about catfish, the Mississippi River, and other elements of southern U.S. iconography and songs that dealt with socially conscious issues instead of romance and love led them to becoming one of the most beloved rock and roll bands in the country. Now, 1969 was an incredibly prolific year for CCR. The band released three albums, starting with Bayou Country on January the 5th, Green River on August 3rd, and Willie and the Poor Boys on November 2nd. Those three albums generated eight singles, half of which hit the top five on the Billboard charts. Their first album of 1970 wouldn't come until July. Took some time off. Cosmos Factory hit store shelves then, and on the back of six top five singles, cemented CCR as one of the top rock and roll acts on the planet. The album was called Cosmos Factory as an ode to the warehouse in Berkeley where the band rehearsed early in their career. It was dubbed The Factory by drummer Doug Cosmo Clifford because band leader John Fogarty made them practice there almost every day. A drill instructor approach that John Fogarty took to the band would end up being its downfall and was clearly evident on this record. So each of those six top five singles that were released on the album were released as double A-side pairs. At the time, most bands were releasing the typical A-side single to radio with a B-side tacked onto it. Fogarty was so sure of his hit songs that he packaged them together, leaving radio stations around the country no choice but to play both, leading to the band dominating the airwaves. Those six singles were also all entirely written by John Fogarty. Four of the remaining five tracks on the album were cover songs, leaving just one track on the album that wasn't a single, also written entirely by John Fogarty. This approach was leading to inner turmoil within the band, and Tom Fogarty, John's brother, was actually the first casualty. Tom resigned from CCR in early 1971 after the recording of Pendulum, the follow-up to Cosmos Factory. The band continued as a trio until their breakup in October of 1972. But back to 1970, the success of Cosmos Factory would actually begin with a long single cycle that preceded the album. The first songs that would appear on the record were released as a double A-side. Travelin' Band and Who'll Stop the Rain both hit number two on the charts in February of 1970. Another double A-side of Up Around the Bend and Run through the jungle hit number four in late spring early summer that's four top five singles before the album had even been released confident in their songs outside of the singles the band took a bit of an unconventional approach and structured the album in a way where you had to listen to a quarter of the record before you heard one of those hits in fact the seven minute plus ramble tamble was the last song composed for the album and the only fogarty original not released as a single yet it was the first track on the album the ambitious tune began with the band roaring through a rockabilly intro before transitioning into four minutes of psychedelics and then heading back into that original rockabilly section at its conclusion Music journalist Stephen Hyden offered high praise of the song, calling it the most rockin' song of all time. Well, high praise indeed. Debatable, but a nice little pat on the back. Incredibly, CCR toured constantly while recording their five albums between 1968 and 1970. 
It's pretty astonishing that they found the time, first of all. They even made their first trip to Europe in 1970 before Cosmos Factory was released, which allowed it to hit number one in several markets. The song Travelin' Band portrays that touring side of the band in the form of a Little Richard-esque 50s-style rock song. Not only was it a top-five single in their home country, but it also went top ten in the U.K. And speaking of Little Richard, some people thought the similarities were too close. And in October of 1972, the company that held the publishing rights to Richard's Good Golly Miss Molly filed a plagiarism lawsuit that was later settled out of court. Continuing on with those singles, a song that hit number two in the U.S., number one in Canada, was Looking Out My Back Door. The song's lyrics, filled with colorful, dreamlike imagery, led some to believe that it is about drugs. Oh, it's about drugs. But that was the furthest thing from the truth, as Fogarty spoke about its inspiration for the song in a 2011 interview. Way back when I was a kid, I had a book called, you know, it was a children's nursery kind of book. It was called It Happened on Mulberry Street. And in the book, the little narrator, you might say, he's, he's obviously a child, he's standing out on the sidewalk and a parade starts to go by. You get the sense that it's a little town and that this sort of thing doesn't happen very often. Well, this parade goes by in the book and there are all kinds of strange and exotic characters and sights and sounds. I made this an escape. In other words, I went out to my back door and looked out into my backyard, uh, away from all that hectic life that I was talking about, let's say, in commotion. Uh, the idea that I just got back from Illinois, meaning Chicago, and uh, I'm going to sit down, oh boy, and I'm going to rest a while. I'm going to chill. <laughs> maybe take a nap anyway and so all these uh, characters are out there look at all the happy creatures dancing on the I looked out there and I saw they were dancing on the grass well ladies and gentlemen this was 1970 and I knew that if I had a children's song that said look at all the happy creatures dancing on the grass everybody's gonna come down on me and say aha I knew he's a drug addict. And that sounded so country club to me, you know, I couldn't stand it. But I didn't want anything to spoil the childlike wonder that uh, I was trying to create in this song. And uh, sure enough, song came out, and the very first review I saw said, Well, you know, John says, look at all the happy creatures dancing on the lawn. And that's just code, ladies and gentlemen. That's code for grass. And the creatures, of course, are all his doper friends. It's, you know, you get the picture. But nothing could be further from the truth. I really wrote this song as a sweet little song for children. Up Around the Bend hit number four in the U.S. and number one in Canada and was used most recently by Pete Buttigieg at events in his campaign for the 2020 presidential election. Remember him? He recalled in his 2019 book, Shortest Way Home, that as a teenager, he said, quote, we might talk or not as we cross the state line, either in mom's giant blue Buick LeSabre listening to NPR News or dad's two-door Chevy Cavalier listening to what might have been his sole cassette. The Creedence Clearwater Revival masterpiece, Cosmos Factory, looping permanently in the tape player for about as long as he owned the car. Run Through the Jungle, which also hit number four in the U.S. and number one in Canada, was assumed to be about the Vietnam War. And due to its release in proximity to the war and their history with songs like Fortunate Son, that's what people believed. However, in 2016, Fogarty clarified that it was actually about the proliferation of guns in the United States. 
He said, quote, the thing I wanted to talk about was gun control and the proliferation of guns. I remember reading around that time, there is one gun for every man, woman, and child in America, which I found staggering. Somewhere in the song, I think I said 200 million guns are loaded. Not that anyone else has the answer, but I did not have the answer to the question. I just had the question. I just thought it was disturbing that it was such a jungle for our citizens just to walk around in our own country, at least having to be aware that there are so many private guns owned by some responsible and maybe many irresponsible people. The song was also Tom Fogarty's favorite CCR song. Quote, my all-time favorite Creedence tune was Run Through the Jungle. It's like a little movie in itself with all the sound effects. It never changes key, but it holds your interest the whole time. It's like a musician's dream. He repeats, it never changes key. He really liked that part, yet you get the illusion that it does. Famously, this was the song that led to one of the most important musical lawsuits of all time. Saul Zantz, the boss of CCR's record label, Fantasy Records, which owned the distribution and publishing rights to the music of CCR, sued John Fogarty, claiming that the music from Fogarty's 1984 solo song, The Old Man Down the Road, was too similar to run through the jungle. And a judge found that an artist cannot plagiarize himself and settled in favor of Fogarty. Now, surrounding these original Fogarty cuts were a slew of covers, ranging from a Bo Diddley song, Before You Accuse Me, an R&B number made popular by Elvis, My Baby Left Me, a rockabilly tune that was a hit for Roy Orbison, Ooby Dooby, and an epic 11-minute version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, the song Marvin Gaye took to number one a year and a half earlier. Cosmos Factory became CCR's second and last number one album. 1969's Green River was the first. Cosmos Factory stayed at the top of the chart for nine weeks, an improvement over Green River's four weeks at number one. Still interesting to think that if the album was out when the first four singles were hitting the top five, how many weeks the album could have been number one for? The album has gone on to sell over four million copies, which doesn't seem like a lot compared to some of the other albums we've been inducted into the Rock of Fame, but it is the band's highest-selling album, outside of their 1976 compilation album, Chronicle. In its original review, Rolling Stone said, quote, It should be obvious by now that Creedence Clearwater Revival is one great rock and roll band. Cosmos Factory, the group's fifth album, is another good reason why. In 2003, the album was ranked number 265 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. And no matter where you rank it in terms of the greatest albums of all time, it's undeniably the creative peak and the end of an incredibly productive era for one of rock's best bands. And it's the latest inductee into the drive rock of fame. For Mike Young, I'm Kelly Parker.